there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, it is another month, my good friends. Thank goodness, as October was a scary month, uh, if you're paying attention to the markets at all, I'm sure you were, because when it gets scary, it gets front page. And they say on Wall Street, you buy page 17, you sell page one. So whatever page one is, do the opposite. I repeat, do the opposite of page one. Uh, when it's all rosy, think the other way. When it's all dark, think the other way. Uh, but anyways, the NASDAQ down 9, 9% for the month of uh, October. The TSX down 6.5%. The uh, S&P 500 down 6.5%. Uh, it was it's a pretty heavy month, eh, Jock? All these numbers, too, they came out with earnings rising, which was, I guess, the shock to the market. And that's what happens when the market is surprised. It either goes up or down, depending on the news, right? We got a, a bit of a shock in October. Well, yeah, because we have good earnings. And in fact, they, they beat. So therefore, they surprised to the upside. But the market did not respond with that surprise. Right. So, so now investors are getting more for less. You're getting more earnings for less dollar, right? You, you're, you're trading. The, the market is trading at 15 times earnings instead of 16 and a half, which it started the month at. The value has improved, without question. Exactly. Uh, value has improved. Questions: Are we going to a bear market? Uh, and we're going to talk about that later in the show as we bring on our, our one of our strategists, uh, Joe Farrell uh, from Velocity Trade Capital. He's a technician, looks at the charts and uh, perhaps the Ouija board as well. But uh, whatever it takes, you know. Uh, but look, we, we want to want to pick up your spirits. Uh, you know, it is only money, uh, and you and I are living in well the Cosmo universe. Uh, who 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 wrote the Cosmo calendar? That that, that show. What, what, uh, would you know by any chance, Neil? The Cosmo calendar. Um, You're talking like the Aztecs, Mayans, that kind of no, thing? No, no, no. I'm speaking You're talking about like that. Carl the, Sagan? The, the That's it, Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan, yes, there the Cosmo calendar. Yes, he makes us all feel very, very small. I, I do reflect on him every now and then, Jack. When you have a tough market, uh, I well, do I would reflect. Say ha happiness also plays uh, a role in the market. We talk about market sentiment all the time. How do investors feel? And like you said, you want to go the opposite direction. So when they're feeling down and out, there's typically an opportunity there. Correct. So anyways, uh, Jack and I had the privilege uh, at one of our Canaccord conferences uh, to uh, sit in front of Neil Pasricha. Uh, that's right, Neil Pasricha. You got it. Correct. Like passing a salt shaker, reaching for it, and relaxing afterwards, Pasricha. You really thought about that, haven't you? Had to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my last name's Klein. I think about underwear. Uh, <laughs> you see, he wrote a book called The Happiness Equation. Want nothing plus do anything and have everything. Uh, huh. That sounds like a tall order. Uh, I went through your book, uh, read probably half of it, uh, you know, probably about, gave about three or four hours of time, uh, enjoyed uh, what, what I picked up in the book. Um, I think what stood out to me were a couple of things. Uh, number one, the fisherman's story, which mm -hmm. I want you to share with the audience. Sure. And uh, number two, uh, some of the writings by both Shakespeare and Buddha. Uh, Buddha specifically, uh, when someone approaches you with, with anger. Yeah. Buddha just sat in front of that individual and yeah. smiled and did not accept the anger and said, you know some, I'm not going to participate in your anger. Uh, it's going to wash off my back like water off a duck's back. Uh, I thought that was very, very good. You, you can, we can learn a lot from Buddha. I want to learn more from Buddha. I really, <laughs> really do. Uh, and again, when, you know, when the market does what it does, yeah. uh, and again, Neil, again, you're an author. We've got to go to our safe spot. We have to go to our safe spot. But, you know, and and I've, I've looked at the human brain. Again, I used to be in the advertising business, and uh, you know, advertising is about making people do things perhaps that they may not necessarily want to do or think they have to do. And so you have to write good messages, and you have to deal with the human brain. So the areas of the brain that protect uh, information, are the broca area part of the brain, and the amygdala part of the brain. Yeah. And you speak about the amygdala, which is at the, is it at the back of the brain? Amygdala, amygdala is like this 
tiny little like uh, size of a walnut kind of very in the sort of deep dense core of the brain and it, it's the one that flashes your flight or flight hormones right so you know you you see we used to see saber-toothed tigers jumping from behind a boulder you know you got to run away or you got to fight the thing usually you run away these days the problem is that our amygdala is still flashing when you see bad news or when you get into a traffic jam or when there's seven people on the stopping on the elevator before you or when the nasdaq falls nine percent in the month um, of october exactly but but we still live in an era of abundance you know you're wearing a beautiful threads you got a nice watch on we're living in this we're living in this we're sitting in this nice studio we're in downtown toronto i mean the thing about abundance right now in the world is um, we got it better than we've ever had before. Okay. And so I don't know much about the stock market. You're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna get caught if I start talking to you about this, but down nine percent. What's it up in the last ten years? Well, my- that's good, Neil. Neil yeah. Pasricha. <laughs> the happiness equation. I am I'm, I'm happier, Jack. Uh number one international best selling author, the happiness equation. Uh want nothing plus do anything equals have everything. Uh, Dale Carnegie was last century, according to Stephen Covey, uh, was last decade. Neil Prasricha is what's now, according to Susan Cain, author of Quiet. Do you want me uh, to tell the Mexican fisherman? I'll, you know, I, I, Jack uh, is getting a, uh, I guess his fourth degree as, oh. as he rides the GO train from here to Sudbury every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, Wolf, I'm reading this great book. And so he comes to the office, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the market. He, he will share with me these books. And of course, it's, it's all market related and business related. And so it's very positive uh, energy I'm getting off Jack as he reads these books. Uh, so anyway, so as he picked up your book and he spent an hour on the train, he, he photocopied uh, the fisherman's story. So Wolf, you have to read this. And I, and I read the story. It's the three, three pages long. And it's a beautiful beautiful writing uh, yeah so i congratulate you for that beautiful writing and please share share this story with sure. the hi-fi radio audience uh so we're gonna get a live read from neil pasricia uh, it's gonna be unplugged live and unplugged right here i love it no you're not gonna be just, just tell us the story okay so basically this is an apocryphal story it's you know it's existed for generations but really it's like a harvard mba is walking it's on vacation he's in mexico and he's walking by a man selling fish on the beach and, he, and he's like this is beautiful fish this is such fresh fish he's like Thank you. I'll buy some. And the man says, uh, "Yeah, here, here you go. He's, you know, a cu- couple pesos, whatever." And the man says, "Wait a minute. You, you fish this yourself?" He says, "Yeah." He said, "How long do you go out fishing every day?" He's like, "Well, oh, you know, like an hour in the morning." He's like, well, "What do you do the rest of the day?" He's like, "Well, I hang out with my wife. I play guitar with my amigos. Like, you know, he's like, I play with my kids." And the guy's like, "You only work an hour a day." He's like, "Why don't you go out all day? You'll get way more fish. You can sell way more. You can get more money." And the guy's like, "Well, then what?" He's like, "Well, then you can buy a second boat. And if you buy two boats, you can get even more volume." And the guy's like. Well, well, then what after that? And he's like, well, then, then you can buy a whole fleet. And if you get a whole fleet, you can form that into a company. You get a whole company, you sell the company, you can go public, you can IPO, you make millions of dollars. He's like, you could be rich, man. You're just sitting on this beach selling fish. You could be rich if you kind of went at this thing. Come on. And the guy's like, but then what do I get? What do I do after that? And the guy's like, well, then you don't even have to work. You can just hang out with your wife. You can play guitar with your amigos. You can just play with your kids. The moral of the story is, Maybe you already have the thing you're chasing. And you said want nothing. That was one of the subheadlines on the front of a happiness equation. It's like, maybe you already have it pretty good. And that's what I was trying to say when I said, how much is the NASDAQ up over 10 years? If it's been up over triple digits like I think it has, then like these little tiny percent dips, it's like, we got to zoom out. You know, we got to zoom out to the big picture. We live in the most abundant time in human civilization. We've never lived longer. We've never been healthier. We've never been more educated. We've never had more options in the grocery store. We've never had more options on an airplane. We've never had more options in anything. This is the best time to be alive. And we forget that all the time when we encounter the day-to-day traumas and dramas that kind of come in the newspaper and on the news. We have to go to break, but uh, we are in studio here with Neil. I'm going to give you a middle name, Buddha. 
past Risha, <laughs> uh, the author of The Happiness Equation. Um, very po- positive stuff. Uh, the days are getting shorter. Uh, suicide tends to increase as days get shorter. Fact. Uh, we can use a little more serotonins and a little more vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Uh, make us smile. Uh, we have much to be thankful for. And you're going to help us uh, realize what we need to be happy for. Because, you know, Jack and I are in the money business. And Jack and I, can lo- we, we lose sight every now and then about what really, really matters. So Hi-Fi Radio is here to help you smell the roses uh, this Saturday morning, my good friend. So get some coffee. And we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Neil Pasricha from The Happiness Equation. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sunshine, she's here. You can take a break. I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way. Huh. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without roof. Because I'm so uh, a fellow in our office uh, read your book, and um, I will see Neil uh, Pasricha, author of The Happiness Equation, live in studio. Uh, when our friend read your book, he took the other side of the trade, and he was actually getting angry uh, by reading your book. He said, I don't need this guy to tell me how to be happy. I, I'm going to figure it out myself, and I'm not going to be happy all the time. And I said, you know, you do got a point. There are some people who walk around with a perma smile. They're always happy. Uh, I don't think that's terribly normal. We are humans, and we have emotions, and... Sometimes our emotions and, and feelings aren't necessarily happy. They're, they're, they're sad. Like the stock markets. It, it, the stock market doesn't always go up. And again, I, I love parallels. I love drawing parallels between things because it's very, very important to realize that if you are an investor for 25 or 30 or 40 years, that, that in itself will s- solve most of the market problems. You have lots of time. Uh, and I don't care if you're, if, you're, if you're 65 years, you still have time. If you're 75, you still have time to solve a lot of problems with the market. But on a day-to-day basis, uh, the market is... Uh, I, mean, I don't know if that Buddha, um, the market is. No, that'd be Zen. Well, I would that'd, be very, no, that'd be very Zen. But, but point is, the market is, as the market is, the market will puke often. It, it just does that. And on, on the short term, like you said, it's a random occurrence. You, you can't control those random occurrences, just as in day-to-day life. But you can control, and I think Neil will ascribe to this, how you react to those and what you take from them. You, can turn, you, can, turn a, you can turn a very negative uh, outcome into a positive one if you have the right mindset. And can I sprinkle a little bit of research on this? Because I agree with everything you guys are saying, but Sonia Lebomirsky out in Stanford University has done a ton of research on this exact topic. And she's actually proposed a model in her book, The How of Happiness. Here I am quoting a different book, but I'm telling you she's the best in this topic. And she says, you know what? 50% of your happiness, Wolf, is genetic. 50% of your happiness is genetic. You got a genetic set point. For anyone who's listening who has more than one kid, you know this is true, because you got like one kid that's just sort of generally happier than the other, okay? 10% 10% of your remaining happiness is circumstances, and the other 40%, so you keep, stay with me on the only, pie. So circumstances is only 10%? That's right, and then 40% huh. is your intentional activities. So the only thing you can control is 40%. Is 40%. Now, what are circumstances? How do they come up with this? There's a really famous study that compared lottery winners with paraplegics. Have you heard this study? No. A year afterwards, again, a year after they had the accident that took away a limb or they won the lottery, both reverted pretty close to their baseline level of happiness. Okay, that's circumstantial. It's what Donald Trump tweets in the morning. It's what's on the front page of the newspaper. You still control 40%. What am I saying? I'm saying if you actually have the time or you actually put in the effort to do a bit of journaling, sing in your car, go for a walk through a forest, I'm talking this is like proven stuff that actually helps you go for a run, go to the gym. Get a, get a pet. Get a get pet. A, get a puppy. Socialize we, even. We, we got a puppy. These types of things are up to you 
and they determine more of your happiness than anything else you can control. So people sometimes say, oh yeah, you know, that, that guy's got a perma smile and what's wrong with him? That's why I kind of heard you saying that. It's like, yeah, that I get that. But also what I think that guy's doing is probably getting some exercise. I don't trust them. Probably meditating. Probably has a good relationship with their friends and family. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't trust them. Perma smile. I don't trust perma smile. I, I, don't, happy, I, I, was, I don't trust them. Don't I, trust them. They're I agree with you on the perma smile, but I just mean you can control more than that, you that, think. That, that, that's like in the stock market, someone who's always bullish. I've had this debate with someone. He said, well, I'm always bullish. I have to be bullish. I say, nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Listen to the tape. Right? There's a time to be bearish. There's a time to protect yourself and a time you know, to be say, You don't want to be proactive. bullish. You don't want to be bearish. You want to be a realist. You want to uh, look absolutely. at the circumstances and say, you know what? And real people cry. But again, you look at the circumstances, and if the market is down, could be an opportunity. You don't get down with it. You don't get down with the sentiment. We said sentiment is a contrarian indicator. You want to look at opportunities that present themselves. Okay, so the market is the 60% that you don't control, the, the 50 plus the 10. And the uh, 40 is how you react correct. to it. Correct. So I'll ascribe to it, Neil saying. I think it makes sense. Exactly. No, I agree. Most of us grew up with this, this model, right? My parents told me when I was a kid, they said, if you do great work, then you have a big success, then you're happy. For me, I'm East Indian. They say, study hard, get good grades, become a doctor. Now, what do they say in The Godfather? First, you get the money, then you get the power, and then, and only then, you get the women. This is similar, a <laughs> similar the- adage. My parents may put it in different terms. Great work, big success, be happy. What I'm trying to say in the happiness equation is reverse that model. Be happy first. Then, you know, a smile does not need to be perma. It can just be occasional. But put that at the beginning as your first and primary goal is to take care of yourself first, then the great work and the big success comes later. Someone who's take care, taking care of themselves actually does a better job at investing in the market, taking care of their friends and family, being a better employee at work. And you know what? The airlines know this, Wolf. They do. What, what do they say when you're on the airline, when you first thing you get on? You probably tune it out like I do. Everyone tunes it out. They say if the oxygen mask falls out of the ceiling, put it on your mouth first before you put it on your three-year-old. And if you ask any mom or dad who has a three-year-old kid beside them, they'd say, I would never do I would never. I would never do that. You take care of your kid first. But the airlines are smarter than you. They have a rational way of looking at the world, right? Not up or down. They say, you know what? You're no good to anybody else if you don't take care of yourself first. That's what I'm preaching. I'm, take, I'm saying take care of yourself first, the 40%, the intentional activities, and everything else in your life will go up. We know it means 31% higher productivity, 37% sale, higher sales, 300% greater creativity. Guess what? That makes you a better son, daughter, sister, brother, mom, or dad. That's what makes you a better human being. So focus on your energy going into developing your happiness and everything else will be easier, including, I'm going to say, your skills at investing. Uh, Neil Pasricha is in studio, The Happiness Equation. Uh, well, we're learning how to be happy, or at least learning how to control that 40% that we do have control over. Genetics is 50% of who we are. Can't change mom and pop. Can't choose our brothers and sisters either, can we, Jack? Uh, it's okay. Just the way it is. Most people think that's 100, by the way. <laughs> no, they do. They th- that's why when I say 50, they're like, that's it? Because <laughs> they think that the, the depression they're going through or they think that the, the low time in the life or the fact they lost a parent is permanent. It feels permanent when you're in it. That's interesting. Uh, Neil Pasricha, author of The Happiness Equation. We're going to uh, bring you back to the show because, uh, well, Jack hasn't put up the big X yet for you. Uh, so <laughs> stay tuned. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Yeah, Jack picked that one. A little mega. I, I don't know about that wolf. A little heavy for <laughs> Saturday morning. Well, it, it dovetails well into the happiness equation, and uh, we are human, and 
Well, sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're angry. Uh, a little angry music just to offset the happiness of it all. Uh, Neil Pasricha is the author of The Happiness Equation. Uh, couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, spoke with us live at a Canic Ingenuity conference. Um, well received by the audience. Great speaker. Uh, by the way, uh, so you do a lot of corporate speaking engagements. Uh, uh, that's actually a very interesting, I'm going to call it racket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, sure. it's, it's a very interesting racket. Uh, that's often what, uh, what? Like, like Clinton to get Clinton. In. He's on the racket. He's on the circuit. Uh, what does it cost to, to book uh, Clinton? You figure for for an engagement? Which Clinton? Bill, Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm they, gonna they, guess they, they locked up Hillary. You I'm gonna guess her. half a million bucks, probably. Half a million bucks. That's my yeah. guess. I think yeah. Obama's four hundred grand. Can, can I ask what you? Are you saying the Clintons are more than Obama? I don't know the numbers. I'm just guessing yeah. around the half a million framework. Well, you got the same age, I assume. Right? No? <laughs> so here's, the- here's how the speaking industry works, in a nutshell, is that people have there's, – there's 700 conferences a day in the United States. Let's mm-hmm. start with that, yeah. okay? And in an, in an era of abundant information, the value of curation and the value of live are actually increasing. So while every TED Talk is free and high, high res, you can have – Dan Pink or Tony Robbins or, or Ken, uh, Ken Robinson or Brené Brown or Susan Cain speak to you in high res on the screen for free at your conference, actually what's happening is that content, it's not killing the content, it's spreading it and the value of live is going up. So when you're organizing a conference, like I said, there's 700 a day, you think, okay, I got um, 100 grand for, for speakers. Look, the conference itself is $3 million. Two million of that is food and bev, right? So like just to pay for the hotel and the, and the, and the food and stuff like that. 500 grand might go into like the logistics to set up the marketing, their signs. I got 100 grand left to, for content. And then I might take the difference as, as if I'm selling tickets or for an association event. So you call up the, the speaking circuits, the speaking agency, and you say, oh, yeah, I'd like Malcolm Gladwell. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's 100 grand. I don't know the numbers. I'm just going to throw stuff out here, okay? I don't, I'm not saying these are all correct numbers. And you're like, oh, damn, I can't get him because I only got 100 grand total. Like, like who else you got? And so what you have what have happens is you think, okay, I got four keynote speakers. I can pay them twenty five grand each, and then you start going into people that are like, did they do a TED talk? Are the New York Times bestselling author? Did they win an Olympic gold medal? Do they have an interesting story that could apply to a wide audience that can do one of either two things: either energize and opt, you know, energize and motivate them. Okay, yep. there's the whole motivational speaking side, or or give them some t- real practical business business takeaways that they can apply to be more effective at their job. If the answer is yes to either or hopefully both, that's what I always try to do, then it's like you might take a room full of a thousand sales agents and give fifty of them a tool that can help them make another big sale the next year. Fascinating. Or you can take a thousand um, you know, uh you know, uh, electrical engineers and, and you take the 500 of them who are down and out and you motivate them because they're actually becoming better people because they have some new tools and ideas that can actually motivate them to do a better job. So this is the ra- – you call it a racket. I'm going to say this is how it kind of works. And if you've ever been to a conference, if you've ever been to an event, I tell you, you, you know, know my, you you know know my favorite parties at those conferences? I like when the little tiny Tim cart comes out. Those little tiny Tim donuts. Love that. Love that part of it. <laughs> That's it? That's all you need? That's what I just like, I like that part of it. You bring like me into the conference. You tell me the donuts were your favorite part. No, I like that part of it. I'm just teasing. Mm-hmm. I just, just want to get that in. As a matter of fact, someone in our neighborhood last night, uh, uh, trick-or-treating, my daughter went, and uh, one of our neighbors every year does an amazing job um, uh, doing up their front lawn. They play play old movies projected onto a wall, and uh, every now and then they, they make tiny Tim donuts. My wow. Daughter, my daughter came home with six tiny Tims. Wow. I've seen my conferences before, too. Uh, 
anyways, uh, Jack said that he wants you to tell the uh, swimming story uh, in the interest of time. So I want you to get the swimming story off because sure. I, I, I tease it up. Another broken model. Okay, we remember I said the broken model is great work, big success, be happy. That doesn't work. It's the opposite. Remember I said that? It's actually be happy first. That leads to great work and big success. Here's another broken model. You know what you grew up thinking? We all did. Motivation leads to action. Right? You want to run a marathon? You need the perfect shoes. You need the good playlist. You want to write a novel? I need a good idea. I need a good moleskin. I need a good coffee shop. But actually, my swimming story, as you call it, is me being age 35, uh, desperate, single, alone, divorced, living downtown, couldn't get a date. Eventually, I meet someone. Her name's Leslie. We, we go on a second date, and she says to me, so you like swimming? <laughs> what I hadn't told you yet, Wolf, is that I had ear infections my whole childhood. I had tubes in my ears my whole childhood. I never learned how to swim. And I always thought growing up, motivation leads to action. Like, I don't, I need to, do I have a river I need to cross? Do I, nothing. So nothing ever happened for me until Leslie says to me, do you like swimming? And then that night without thinking if I, if I could do it, or if I wanted to do it, I signed up for adult learn to swim class at the downtown city of Toronto pool. It's like $40 for eight weeks, right? So buy, 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 buy online. Go with that Tuesday night. She says, get in the pool, get in the pool, walk around. I get out. It's easy. I just dry off my shins. I go home. Next week, same thing. A little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. At the end of eight weeks, I could do the front crawl. That summer, I went swimming with Leslie. We actually eventually fall in love. We get married. Okay? Why am I telling you that story? Because motivation doesn't lead to action like we all think it does. Action leads to motivation. You want to run a marathon? Just run. You got nice shoes on? Run over the CN Tower, right? Right after the show. You don't need a perfect playlist. You don't need the perfect running shoes. You want to write a book? I don't care about your idea. You just need a pen. Motivation does not lead to action. Action leads to motivation. All right. So we all have to retire, and there's still a lot of Canadians out there, my good friend, who don't have an RSP. So the moral of the story, back to what we do, money, management, is you have to start. Just start saving now. And once you start saving and you see your money grow, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yes, that's my happiness equation. Uh, we going to bring it back on, Jack, for a little bit more. You want to uh, carry through this one here? I think he's got a little more content All for you. All right. Uh, Neil, you're getting four rounds here, pal. This is, this is the most any guest has ever received on Hi Fire Radio. Uh, you know, we're busy, guys. I'll go busy show, I but you, you're, you're quality. You're quality guest here, my good friend. Uh, we're going to bring Joe Farrell in after. He's going to talk about the charts. Um, he'll probably bring us down a little bit, but then I think he's going to bring us back up as well. So he's a real man. I mean, both sides of it. Sometimes happy, sometimes not so happy. Indeed. Hi-Fi Radio, Neil Pasricha, the author of The Happiness Equation. Great book. Make you feel happy. Uh, and I hope we're doing just that here on Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Money. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. I think that guy was uh, getting involved in the little CBDs or THC when he wrote that song. You know? That's what I think. So fourth segment, we got into the CBDs yeah. and I don't, THC. I don't, no, <laughs> it, took, it took four segments. No judgment. Well, there, there's, no a big, judgment there's, a, there's a big cannabis conference going on in uh, Vegas. I wonder who's going to be speaking at that. I wonder if Cheech will be speaking at that. Eh? Uh, yeah, big cannabis no, conference. no, it's Neil Pestridge is in the screen. studio. He's an author, wrote the book, The Happiness Equation. Uh, so, uh, sorry, what do we want to bring up this round here, Jack? You had an idea for us to go in? Well, uh, I just Neil, Neil likes to talk oh, yeah, about the, retirement. The retirement. So, it's, yes. it is important. We deal with clients in retirement all the time. Yeah. Neil has a, a spin on it how you're going to be happy in retirement. So, I think we should hear it. Yes, yeah, all about retirement. So, what do you think about the notion of retirement? I think it's BS. 
I don't think anyone should do it. I, I got a long, strong opinion on this. You ready for it? Yep. 18, okay, you know where we're talking about the long part, the strong part, yes. Okay, 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 I'll go short. In 1889, retirement was invented. It was invented by Chancellor Otto von Bismarck, the leader who ran Germany. He said, look, youth unemployment is 20 I was related to him. He's like, youth unemployment is 20 30 percent. Really? Yes. Youth unemployment is 20, 30%. And he's like, you know, average lifespan 67. So yeah. he, he picked the number 65. It was arbitrary. He picked it because of its proximity to death. Okay. Remember, penicillin wasn't invented for 40 years here. Mm -hmm. And he's like, if you want to leave the workforce, optionally, we'll pay you a little bit of money to leave so that the, the young people can get work. Well, we took that number 65. We stamped it all around the Western world. You know, 1935 Social Security Act in the U.S., Canada, 65, U UK, 65. 65, why? Now we're living age 80, 90, right? We got a lot, lot longer. And we now think we want to retire when who knows if we can afford it? Who knows if, if, if it's a system that actually gives you the amount of happiness and stimulation you actually want in your life? I look around the world. I see people like the ones in Okinawa. They live seven years longer than we do in North America. Seven years longer. It's I'm sorry, these... repeat that they live longer? Yes, they do. They're, they're in Okinawa, Japan. It's one of the famous National Geographic Blue Zones. You go over there. You ask them around. You say, hey, what do you guys want to do when they retire? You know what they say? The hell are you talking about? They, okay, they, they have to live long because they've got a big demographic problem. Uh, there's no youth to, to, to build. I'm not talking to, whole they, they can't afford to I'm die. I'm talking just Okinawa. Just they kidding. don't have a word for retirement in their language. Instead, they have a different word called ikigai. I-K-I-G-A-I. I-K-I-G-A-I. Ikigai means the reason you get up out of bed in the morning. You don't actually want to retire. Fortune magazine says the two most dangerous years of your life are the year you are born and the year you retire. Why? Because you take away from your life and you remove from your life what I call the three S's. They are social fulfillment. Look, I love sitting around chatting with you. You're getting social fulfillment. You're working right now. Stimulation. Always learning something new. And finally, story. You can call it an ikigai if you want. It's a purpose, a higher level mission, doing guy. something bigger than yourself. Icky guy. I like that word because the other word that, and Brittany and I were just chatting about this offer, Brittany the Butcher producing the show, she's running the board actually making this sound good. Um, but I was in Copenhagen uh, in the spring and a uh, corporate trip and they gave us a book and it mm. was called the uh, Higgy book. Yes. Uh, Huga. Well, Huga, yeah. Uh, Huga <laughs> book. And what a beautiful, beautiful book. So the notion of Huga is wellness, of peace. It is of, of, of warmth, comfort, getting together with very, very close friends and keeping it simple. Very sim So it's not about glam or, or bling. It's about candles. It's about food. It's about having a fire, having a pet by your feet. Everyone's together. Huga. Uh, and, and a lot of a lot of uh, societies have words for that. Yeah, uh, and some don't. Uh, it's just interesting how we think and, well, and how our language evolves also, around the way the way we think. It's fascinating stuff. Well, Denmark, right? You're talking Copenhagen. You're talking Huga. You're talking coziness, comfort, hot chocolate, warm socks. I get you. I hear you. Copenhagen, uh, Denmark, uh, Scandinavian countries, Canada, we got something in common, which is that the United Nations puts out a World Happiness Report every March 20th of every year. They've been doing this for five years. Yep. We're at the top. We're at the top five, seven, seven countries, along with these countries that you're quoting. Why? Why are we at the top? Because if you read the 100-page PDF done by all the researchers around the world, they say we trust the water that comes out of our tap. We feel safe when we walk out our front door. We can marry who we want, and we can live as we please. And that collective set of freedoms in the world is exceedingly rare. And if you're listening to this and you think you you think, hey, I got some troubles, I got some just remember how good you really have it. This is coming back to our beginning point. It's like, you know what? We only got thirty thousand days to be alive. You only got a thousand months to be here, buddy. It's thirty thousand days, is it? That's what you got. You got a thousand 30, you got a thousand months total. You got a thousand minutes awake a day. Okay? That's what you got. Be thankful for what you have 
and you can work a little bit with all the things we talked about. 30,000 days. You know, I can spend $30,000 pretty quickly. <laughs> and your eyes are bulging right now. You 30,000 30, days. days. Man. That's how much time you got to live. Wow. And you might have already done some of them already. Dude, right? I, I, we got to go. I'm running out of time here, Neil. Uh, <laughs> Neil, Neil Pasricha, author of The Happiness Equation, number one international bestseller. Uh, I'm going to a quick question, short answer, please. How, how many books to sell to become an international bestseller? Uh, a million books. A million books? Well, that's, I, I don't know. You asked me how many you have to sell to get the tag. I don't know. I know that the Book of Awesome and the Happiest Equation sold over a million copies. Good for you. Well, I'm very, very happy for you, man. Uh, great having you in the studio. I appreciate it. Uh, the fact you charge a couple hundred grand for a speech to come <laughs> into High Five Radio, man. That's Friends, not true. we're here to give you value. <laughs> but uh, look, it's not always happy in the market. Uh, Joe Farrell, uh, he's been looking at the charts for a long time. He's with Velocity, a very, very good technician. He's going to talk about the whoosh and the poof. The poof is up, I think. Poof. When she comes back up. Uh, with the stock market, uh, October to November, and thereafter. Right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Let's go. Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, co-host of the show. And it's been a crazy month of October. I'm so happy. I'm so happy it is over. And I do not want to play Crazy, teen, crazy Train in November for you. Uh, Joe Farrell, uh, head of research with Velocity Trade Capital. Uh, Joe publishes, uh, for those who are willing to pay, which Jack and I are, a... Uh, the weekly chart package plus uh, daily updates as things hit his screen. Uh, so very, very timely. He sees things turn corners and roll over um, and makes us aware of them. It's, it's fun to watch, actually, because I, I catch a stock. I say, Jack, look, look at the turn of the stock. And an hour later, Joe sends me a chart on it. Uh, oh, we're watching the same stuff every now and then. It's kind of neat. But uh, again, in Canada, there's uh, on Toronto alone, uh, you know, a couple thousand shares listed. In New York, there's close to four, four or 5,000 shares listed. So there still is a pretty big universe of stock. We can't watch them all but joe's really looking for those pivot points and, and you know those charts like you said he's looking for support resistance and charts that are you know uh making a big move that you can take advantage of yeah so uh joe uh, october has been uh, atrocious uh, worst month in fact uh, i can say worst month probably in my career in terms of in terms of numbers on the board um you know i i, I took it on the chin this month and we've had a great year jack and i and uh, you know we're back to even on the year which is even's okay but sort of like well, a lost year, uh, unless, of course, November, December. Well, the year's not over. It's not over but, yet, uh, but I'm sort of throwing the towel in. i got to read that happiness book again, I think, Jack. Uh, but it's just tough. And again, the market can, can move up pretty quick, too. We can easily make back 6 7%. People forget that. You can lose 6 7 quick. But again, when they want the, when, they, when they want to buy stuff and Santa Claus kicks into town in late December, who knows? They could take this market. And when you start from a very oversold position. Oversold position, yep. Right. And 
you know, we get, you get through the midterm elections uh, with some, shall I say, Republican victory, and that's going to be challenging. Um, so, so the market right now is discounting a lot of negative news. So right now they don't see any, you know, any news in sight for this this trade uh, war going on with China. It only looks like it's going to get worse. So potentially, if there is some good news that comes there, maybe we see some of these, you know, pro cyclical, late cycle uh, commodity type stocks. Uh, you know, maybe I, get a bid to them. I don't care what gets it late cycle, early cycle, new old cyclical. Not I don't care. I just want a bid in something because again, there's a good good point you raise there, Jack, and I get to play ping pong with you on that point that you make because everything was hit, and so we we had to give uh, Joe Farrell some time here. Uh, poor guy is just chomping, but no, but Drew, everything's been hit, Joe. So no, let, what, let, what, do you, let, what do you think of the month, and where do we go from here? Well, we can sum it up in two words: October sucks. I, <laughs> I, I think I think we can say that. But look, it's happened. Corrections happen. They're normal. The question is, what do you do now? Uh, I think the worst thing you could do now is panic and throw in the towel. Uh, I think the other thing you want to keep in mind is going back over the last 14 midterm elections, uh, into year-end, off the October low, the S&P 500 is up 100% of the time with an average of 10%. So we, we think this is... I'm sorry, why don't you repeat that? Because I am very interested in the four-year cycle and also yeah. the presidential cycle, yeah. uh, although they're not the same, they actually do overlap. But so repeat what you just said to the so audience. So over the last 14 cycles of going into a midterm uh, election... Uh, off the October low, which we think we just hit earlier this week, into year end, the S&P 500 is up 100% of the time. Oh, I see. Off 14 out of 14 hmm. with an average gain in those 14 times of over 10%. 10% so, Jack, we can do it because we're even on the year basically right now. So ten po- our clients will be happy if we can get 10 well, points. Well, history, history, uh, history doesn't repeat. Of course but it, it repeats. But it, but it, but it no. rhymes, so hopefully it's yeah. in and around that neighborhood. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, investing is all about probabilities too, guys, and... You know, nothing is ever a given. Nothing's uh, okay. ever. Nothing's Joe, ever one hundred percent. Joe, we're gonna bring you back. Is, okay, we're not gonna be done with you, so I'm gonna give you some more time because sure. I'm stealing a bit of time right now. But Jack gave me a good piece this week. I want to share with the audience uh, as he was riding the train back to Sudbury. Uh, phrases that must be expelled from the intelligent investor's vocabulary. Never. And this is from Howard Marks. From Howard, but that's fine. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're gonna rip it off here, Jack. It's ours now. Okay. So expel these words from your investor vocabulary. Never, always, forever, can't, won't. Will has to. I add in must and need. Need the, the, needs a funny one. The, the need, point, need, need is a funny one because FOMO. Need is FOMO. They, yeah, they, they they took they, they change it. Yeah. Millennials yeah. FOMO. What would it FOMO need? Let's leave it the way it is. It's perfect as is. Need. I That's need the market to go up ten percent into your end. Yeah, good <laughs> luck. Yeah, 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 I, I don't. They care for what you need. Which so the, the point there is, so you don't you don't make certain statements uh, about an uncertain environment and outcome because you never know. And that's what Joe said. Although it's been a hundred percent proven, the last is it fourteen cycles? Correct. And, and it doesn't mean that it will yeah, for sure. It, it but the probabilities are on your side. Certainly doesn't. And that's that's really what good investing is in companies and markets. Uh, I, I, again, I kind of, obviously a different thing, but again, you go to a casino and you play a game of blackjack, there's a proper way to play it, to put the odds the most in your favor. Uh, and a good investor does the same thing. He can't be right all the time, uh, but he consistently puts himself in positions to win based upon probabilities. That's what a good investor does over time. Interesting. Yeah, no, it certainly is about probabilities. Uh, look, there's a lot of different ways of, I'll use the phrase, skin the cat when it comes to, uh, investing and managing money. Uh, no two are perfect, uh, Jack and I are looking for the unicorn portfolio. Jack it, it reminds me. It does not exist. It, it does exist. not exist. Because um, as, as an holding. investor, you should expect to make mistake or make mistakes. But when you make a mistake, you do have to correct them and then get on the right path to obviously being profitable and getting the probabilities on your side. I, I mean, one of the big things about being a good long-term investor is you have to realize you are going to make mistakes and you have to accept them. Uh, and it's kind of how you process them and move along. 
And without question, one of the, one of the most difficult things to do, I find, is to actually pivot uh, and, and, and change direction. So when you're in a stock that isn't working, uh, we constantly ask yourself, when do we exit the trade? When do we cut bait and move on? Because uh, if you don't cut your losses, they will cut you. The question is um, getting whipsawed, getting uh, thrown in and out. For, again, the month of October, the, the last number of years, you could have been shaken out of a bull market and not getting back in, uh, only to enter at higher levels and then be shaken out again. In other words, Getting out of the bottom, not getting back in, market rallies higher, then you get back in, then the market breaks down. You, you can compound your air, and that's where trader, investor, I am torn, and I continue to hone uh, my process, uh, you know, as, as I think most good investors and that, that, do. That's when time horizon really matters, though, right? You want to see, is a company broken, yeah. or is it going through a corrective phase that you can take advantage of? Yeah, that, that's 100% correct. Uh, either you're, you, you're of the belief we're in a bull market still here and you buy the pullbacks, or if you believe that we're going into an imminent collapse in a bear market, we're going to go down another 30%. I don't agree with that. But if somebody, if that was their process, I would understand them being very defensive and cautious here. Uh, we have Joe Farrell in the studio. He is with Velocity Trade Capital, head of research. Uh, he's a market technician, uh, looks at the charts, price volume. Uh, you know, off some would say it's all in the tape. And I do agree much of that statement uh, right here on Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going We only have so much time there, Jack. <laughs> Feels like we're closing up a bar right now. <laughs> what a great song. <laughs> yes, don't stop believing. Uh, for Joe Farrell, uh, head of research at Velocity Trade Capital. Again, we're trying to line up the music with the guests for the theme that we're speaking about. Joe, you believe we are still in a, an extended bull market or a, what, what's called a secular bull market. <clears throat> this bull market, some argue, is nine years old. I'm going to say it's seven years old. Either way, it is, from a time point of view, uh, one of the longer ones in history. Uh, the the statement on Wall Street is uh, bull markets don't die of old age. Um, Jack and I believe that this is extended bull market is going to continue for some time. Uh, the question is, again, I'm hearing uh, strategists from Guggenheim saying we got one more kick at the can. Uh, so if you're a long-term investor, you want to start exiting the table yep. relatively soon, i.e. within the next six months. And if you're a trader, get long right here, right now. Enjoy the trade to early spring. Sell in May, go away. Market's going down 50%. Thanks to the guy from Guggenheim. Uh, anything's possible. Um, I, yeah, think 50, no, I, I, I think 50% is, is an extreme. And, of course, uh, Jack and I are really hanging our hat on our key strategist, uh, Tony Stryer's reminder of credit being available. There is so much money available in the system. You don't go into a recession in, in a major bear market when the taps are wide open from a credit point of view. So I want your point of view. How much longer does this bull market go on for my good friend? Sure. So I've, I've seen the Guggenheim guy's view. I've seen t your, your analyst Tony's view. And, and uh, my chart uh, views tend to align with both of them. I think this is the late cycle correction, kind of the final correction before the final euphoric blow-off. Uh, I think I, I've been telling clients for a while that uh, 2018 is very analogous to 1998. If you remember back to the fall of 1998, a sharp correction, just like we've had September and October, wow. driven by emerging markets, some currency problems. Uh, and again, it was a very, very sharp correction. Uh, and, it was sharp. It was scary, too. I remember that. Well, it was driven was by macro events, right? It, and it, the underlying economy remained very strong, which is exactly what we're seeing right now. We're seeing earnings come in 20-plus percent. Un unemployment's at a 50-year low in America. And consumer confidence is at an 18-year high. So yeah. things are good, but that's where they 
tend to can they get that rate of change? Right, it's all yeah. about rate I, of change. And I, I completely agree with your guys' fundamental view. If one is completely bearish here and thinks we're going to break down and go down another twenty five percent, you have to believe that fundamentally we're on the verge of going into a recession and it's all over. And as you guys just said, I don't think any of the data supports that. And again, go back and look at nineteen ninety eight. It was a very very scary correction led by those things we just talked about. And then remember the semiconductors have been absolutely crushed here. Same thing happened in ninety eight. Okay, it was the Asian contagion, That's and, and yeah. semis are made in Taiwan. And, and, and it was very, so. very similar to kind of the things that are happening. Yeah, out there I, I, right Joe, now. do you remember what did they call that region? The Golden Dragons was it? Do you remember they had a coin for them? Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I don't. Again, I was an investor back then. Yeah. So again, I tell to my, I say to my clients frequently, Mister Client, I sat in your chair, I walked in your shoes. I used to be a client of Bay Street yeah. and Wall Street for that yeah. matter. So as an investor in '98, I felt it, yeah. and I saw my statements. And uh, I remember it, was, it would have been August '98, as a matter of fact. You know, you, you know where I was? I was down east by down by the bay in Newfoundland when she all broke up on us, I say. And they had the moratorium on the codfish net dead. Oof. So you, you want to put things in perspective in terms of feeling down and out. I lost a bunch of money, but I still had some. The, the poor Newfoundlanders, they had no jobs. That moratorium, which still is going to on today, they can't fish. And that, that is their livelihood. Uh, that, that's a whole other matter. The province of Newfoundland is a bankrupt province here in Canada. How it stays afloat is anyone's guess, but it is an island after all. Uh, for another talk topic. So uh, I go back to when do you think she rolls, baby? So I, I, again, I think I've been in, in print for a long time thinking we go out, you know, like the 1998 correction, we had 18 months more a euphoric blow off into March of 2000. Yep. I could kind of see that kind of runway here again, guys, where we go out into early uh, 2020. But again, that final euphoric leg of a bull market can be extremely powerful. Uh, many times it can go up 30, 40, 50%. Uh, and again, I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen this time. But uh, again, I've been in print for a while. I think the NASDAQ, I think tech has been hammered here. I still think it's leadership. Uh, and I think once we get it going, again, I've been in print for over the last year uh, with a target that the NASDAQ will print 10,000 out into the end of the year. At 7,000 right now. That's a. Uh, 7,300, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a near 50% move. Yeah. Yeah, 50% uh, up, then how much down? Well, unfortunately, I, I, I tend to agree with the Guggenheim guy. If we do have that final euphoric blow-off uh, into 2020, yes. Then coming out the other side, uh, and again, I, I, you know, who knows if it's going to be 40, 50. But I think uh, uh, at that point, uh, a severe bear market would, would be in the cards uh, based upon my technical work. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Jack and I spent a lot of time reading um, uh, Howard Mark's recent book uh, and his previous book. And uh, uh, yeah, Howard Marks continues to remind... Jack and I, because he, he says himself, as you know something, truth be told, no one knows. Uh, focus on what you control, which is sort of what the happiness guy and, says. And get the probabilities on your side. Proba that's all it is, is probabilities. Uh, so stack them in your favor. Uh, but it's not an all-in, all-out situation either, Joe, is it? In no, other words, and if, this mar if, if you believe this market's about to roll over, would you go 100% cash? Well, I, again, you guys are making a very good point. Anytime you make an investment or you make a call, you just don't go in blindly and say, okay, I think the Nasdaq's going to 10,000. That's it. I, I don't care what happens. Mortgage, you, mortgage the house, sell the pot uh, stocks, you, buy you, tax. You have to be reasonable. You put the probabilities in your favor. But again, you also have to have, okay, what if I'm wrong? What would have to, what would I have to see? What would have to happen for me to change my thesis? And I think that's what good, thoughtful investors do. Uh, they react to real evidence and facts. Uh, but again, putting yourself in a position of a higher probability from the beginning is, is again, what every good investor does. Yeah. Uh, Joe Farrell, uh, we buy your work. We appreciate your work. Uh, tell me something. If someone wants to buy your work, uh, this contact you at Velocity Trade Capital? Correct. Uh, and I think uh, very soon we're actually going to be opening it up to uh, subscriptions to more retail. Uh, I'll probably have that on LinkedIn in, in short order. But again, yes, Joe Farrell at Velocity Trade Capital. 
uh, and we could certainly talk about if, if, if people out there were interested uh, in receiving our research. Perfect. Uh, look, I want to wish you a great weekend and may the uh, wind be at your back, my good friend. Great. Thank you very right. much, guys. Got, uh, that came from uh, St. John's, right? Just say to St. John's, may the wind be at your back, boy. I say, I appreciate that. Uh, what are we going to have for lunch? Cod and fish. Cod and chips. Cod and chips for lunch and cod and chips for breakfast and some cod tongues for breakfast, my good friend. Yeah, see, life ain't that bad here in Toronto, eh? I know, market was tough in October. It's November, and we had the happiness guy in, so I'm feeling a little happier. And Well, Jack, you're not going to walk back uh, to the studio and uh, get back to work. Uh, Brittany the Butcher did a great job, as always, laying down the tracks and doing a little editing on that music and the tunes, and uh, it's all good. I want to wish you a great weekend. I want to see you back here on Hi-Fi Radio each and every weekend on 640 in Toronto. Thank you. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.